Okay, so nice to be back. I don't know who was here last time. I'm not sure, but nice to be here. So we, we met last time in Rosh Chodesh Kislev a while back. And if you remember, we started off with a, with a song. Started with a song. And then we gave a shear, and at the end we tried to tie in to the back end of the song. So we're going to use another song tonight. And this song is by the same musical artist. He's very, very talented in so many ways. He writes music, he sings, he plays multiple instruments. Very talented, very, very creative. His name is Gavriel. Maybe some have heard of him. He has songs on his name is Gavriel, Akev. If you've never heard of it, maybe you'll hear it tonight. This is a little bit of a different. I don't know who was here last time. No, you weren't here last time. This is a little bit of a different type of, of, uh, of situation where we play the music and we try to hear the sounds of the music and we hear the words that they're singing. And then we, we tie everything together at the end. This, this is for Shvat. So he didn't even put it out yet. It's, he's going to put it out tonight, tomorrow morning. And it's a little bit of a, just to give, this is my personal opinion. It was a little bit funky the first time I heard it. And the words, I'll tell you the words are. The words are from Gemara and Tainus, where the Gemara says, um, Elon, Elon. People have heard it, probably a different song from this. Elon, Elon, Bama Avarechacha. Tree, tree, what can I, how can I give you a bracha? Im Omer Lecha, if I tell you that your Paris should be Mesukin, that your Paris should be fruit, uh, sweet, Hari Paris Secha Mesukin, your Paris are already f- sweet. Should I tell you that Silchana, should I tell you that your shade should be nice and pleasant? Hari Silchana, your, your shade is already nice. You're talking to the tree. Rather, what's the bracha? The bracha is that all of the saplings, all of the future trees that come from you, should be just like you. That's, that's, those are the words. So we'll hear how he sings it. And at first I was, took, I was taken aback by it. And then at the end I think we can explain the sound with the words in the song. Okay. Oh, 
songs. Yes, Kislev, yes, Teves. We skip Teves, maybe another time. So, Chodesh Shvatz, Rosh Chodesh right now. Rosh Chodesh right now. And the Chodesh takes on, takes from many different places. The Chodesh takes from the Moadim that are in it. The Chodesh takes from the Parshios that are contained in that month. We know there's a Shevet, there's a Machlokis, what the Shevet of Shvat is, whether it's Usher, maybe some say Yosef. There's an os, there's a letter for every, every Rosh Chodesh, for every Shot Chodesh. And therefore, we try to understand the fabric of the Rosh Chodesh, of the, of the whole Chodesh, from these different aspects. So tonight we're going to use two of the aspects, like we did last time. So the major event in Shvat is Tubashvat. And Tubashvat is called the Rosh Hashanah Lilanus. It's the beginning of the year of the, of the trees. In Halacha, it's referring to we have to give Truman Meiser, you have to give different gifts to the Kohanim and to the Levium, your fruits, your grains. And you, can, you have to give each year, and you have to give from the fruit of that year. Once Tubishvat comes, that's the sheet of Basil, that's already the next year. Those are called next year fruits, and you can only give those fruits for the obligation for this, this new coming year, this year. You can't give new fruits from after Tu for the obligations you had from the last year from before Tu That's the halakhic implications of Tu Those who, who daven, men who daven, or who daven with a minion, there's no tachanon. There's no tachanon on Tu it's, it's, it's like a yom simcha. Tachanon is not said on days of simcha. Chanukah, on Shalash Regalim. So too, Tu some somewhat of a, a day of simcha. What's the simcha exactly? It's the Rashan of Lilan. So it has to do with trimmers and maestros and fruits. Also, what do we know about, what does everybody know about Tubishva? You eat fruits. That's what most people know about Tubishva. You eat fruits. So it's a very sweet thing to do, to eat fruits. It's, it's, it has like a warm feeling, spring vibe. Except if you look outside, it's freezing cold. 
Every tree is bare to the bones. There's no fruits even close to sight. So what, what are we eating fruits for? doesn't seem to go with the time that we're in. Maybe Tubashat really should be, you know, in, in a few months now. And maybe a Nissan. And it doesn't match up. The Moe doesn't match up with what's going on outside. That's because we live here. <laughs> That's because we live here. So we're, we're going to work over here. Why, in Eretz Yisrael, they're blossoming right now? It's not like here. We live in Florida. I don't think anything's blossoming just yet. It's still, it might not be as cold, but the trees are still, are still bare. <clears throat> the partios that are connected to the Shvat is the beginning of Shmos. Shmos, Ve'er, Abo, B'Shalach, maybe Yisrael. These are the partios of Golis, partios of Geula, where slaves in Mitzrayim. And then we have a redemption from, from Mitzrayim and from the Mitzrayim. And in last week's parsha, we see that Moshe Beno gets chosen to be the Shaliach, the Eved Hashem, the one who's going to be the Savior, going to go back and take Kal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. And there's a, a back and forth with Moshe for seven days. Moshe Rabbeinu refuses to take the leadership. He has many questions. Who am I to do it? Hashem says, I'm going to be with you. Who says, they're going to believe me? Don't worry. Hashem says, they're going to believe you. I'll give you signs. Moshe Rabbeinu says, yeah, but... But I can't speak. I have kfad peh, kfad lush, and I have a speech impediment. Shem says, "Don't worry. Who gives you the mouth to speak anyway? I'll give you Aaron a Cohen. He'll go with you." And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Yeah, but but what about my brother Aaron? He's so much. He's older than me. He's already been your navi in Mitzrayim. He's already been the shliach. Send him." At that point, Hashem says, "Ad Khan, He gets angry at Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, "You're going. You're going. You're going. You're going to tell Paro. Take. Let the Jews out. Let the Jews out." And Paro's going to refuse, but I'm going to send some makas. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I'm going to take the Jews out. And Moshe believes. And Moshe agrees. <coughs> and he goes back to Mitzrayim to tell the Zakanim. And he convinces the Zakanim. He brings Aaron and the Zakanim together. And he says, Pakod Pakarati. We know that's the famous Lashon, the famous two words that Yosef Atzadik told over to the people. Don't worry, you're going, to be, you're going to be slaves, but you're going to get out. And Moshe Rabbeinu gets this, this special code word. He gets it. Kaddish Baruch Hu tells it to him. And he comes back. And the Zekanim, Ya'amin Ha'am, and the people believe. And the Zekanim believe. <coughs> now Moshe says, okay, let's go. We got part one, I believe. Part two, you all believe. Now it's part three, we're going to Paro. So Moshe, Aaron, the Zekanim, they all confidently, right? Hashem said... Jews, you're going out. Let's tell Paro, it's time to go. So they all go, walk over to Paro. The Medrash tells us different things about how there were lions there and they became like little pussycats when, Aaron, when Moshe and Aaron came. They just, the, the doors opened up and they just walked right in. Very confident. And they say to Paro, Hashem says, you got to let the people go. It's enough already. Right? Paro says, who? Who, who, who? who is that God you're talking about? I should let them go? And Moshe Aaron says, yeah, God said you have to let them go. He told, he told us to tell you and, and you're going to let them go. Right? Paro says, no. They're not going anywhere. And not only that, right, the end of the parsha, they have to work double hard. And not only that, if they don't work hard, they're going to get persecuted and they're going to get beat even more than before. And that's exactly what happened. Moshe Aaron got kicked out of the palace. The Jews are not free. They're enslaved even more. They're getting persecuted even more. 
And it says in the Pesach that the people, the Jews, start yelling at Moshe and Aaron. It's your fault. It's your fault that this happened to us. They say, they say, like, we're going to tell Hashem on you. <laughs> look at the, if you look at the Pesachim. And they're very upset. And Moshe Rabbeinu becomes upset. And he, starts, and he goes to Kaddish Baruch, Lam Herosa, well, why'd you do bad? You told me you're going to do good. You told me we're going to get, we'll go free. I, I did what you told me to do. I believed you. The people believed you. And now what? And now everybody's upset and, the, and, and our people are getting beat even more. And HaKadosh Baruch in this beginning of this week's parasha gives Moshe Rabbeinu, according to some ways of reading it, some big musr. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know the Elvis, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov? You know, I made them go through a lot of tests. You know, I, gave, I made promises to them. I told them that they're going to be a great nation. I told them they're going to get to Eretz Yisrael. I didn't show them a great nation. Avram Vinu didn't see a great nation. Yitzhak didn't see a great nation. Yaakov, uh, he saw the beginnings maybe, but he didn't see a great nation. And, not, and, then, and you're complaining. And they didn't complain. They didn't complain even once. That was the madrig of the Elvis. They never complained. You, you're on the job a week. And you already have complaints and tainas. And one week you're on the job. That's, what, that's the beginning of this parasha. He says that I showed my name, to, the name Kael Shakai. I showed that to the Elvis, which is the name of so it's a name of Gevura, where I made promises, Haftachas, says Chazal, Rashi brings down, but I didn't show them the culmination, the fruits of their labor. But to you, Shem Hashem, Yudke Vavke, Hayyahovi, I gave you everything, and you're complaining. So what was, what, was Moshe's, what was Moshe's mistake? What was Moshe's mistake? Didn't Hashem tell him? Didn't Hashem say, Par was going to let you go? He did say it, right? Believe me, says Hashem, of course we have to believe a Kaddish Baruch so what happened? And also, at the beginning of this parasha, we have the famous Dal Lashonos, the Arba Lashonos of Gaul. Hotseisi, Hitzalti, Gaalti, Lakachti. Hashem says, I'm going to take you out, I'm going to save you, I'm going to redeem you, and I'm going to bring you to me. And there's even a fifth one we know, the Hevesi, I'm going to bring you to Eretz Yisrael. That was the whole Tachlis. Right? The first thing he says to Moshe Ben in last week's parasha is that the Jews are going to go free, we're going to Eretz Yisrael. It's the first thing Hashem says. Before even he mentions anything about Har Sinai and Matan Torah, the first thing is, Jews are going to go out, we're going to Eretz That's the goal, that's the tachlis. So these four Lashonas, which are famous, we know, we drink the, four, the Arbukosos by Pesach. Everybody knows this. Otsesi, Tzaldi, Galti, Lakakti, massive, huge Lashonas of Gulu. What are they exactly? What are these Lashonas? And why not mention them in last week's parsha? By the snap. If Hashem's telling Moshe Rabbeinu about the Geula, about the Hatzalah, so wouldn't it have made sense to mention these Lashonos then? Why are we waiting? What's, what happened now that he's now mentioning them? <clears throat> so I'll tell you, maybe a Moshe. <clears throat> so there was a, and correct me because I'm probably not going to use the right Lashonos, I wanted to make a, a Moshe for, for ladies. Usually I speak to men, so I use men Meshalom, but I think it'd be nicer. So, whatever, I don't know. Help me out. So there's a, there's a manager, there was a, there was a big, uh, there was a company that made, that made clothing. If there's a fancy term for it, you can throw it out. They make clothing. And there's lots of seamstresses. There are different levels of clothing. And the manager of the highest class, the highest line of clothing, needed a head seamstress. They needed somebody. So, 
She's looking around, can't find anybody. The boss, the owner, says to the manager, come, I have somebody for you. Really? Who do you have? My niece. Classic, right? My niece, my niece could do the job. So the manager says, you sure? That's your niece. You know, you're sure that's not, you're not just a nepotism. You're not just a, well, she's good. She's good. She, she's very, very good. She has a lot of potential. Trust me, believe in her. She's going to be good. She might make some mistakes. She might make some mistakes, but don't worry. She's going to be good. The manager said, what am I going to do? The boss says, I have to, I have to take her. I have to take her. <clears throat> so she hires her. And day one, there's many mistakes. And day two, there's many mistakes. Oh, but, 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 but the boss said there, will, there might be some mistakes. A few days go by. And some of the mistakes weren't caught. They didn't realize it. And, those, and, the, and the garments were sold. And customers started coming back very, very unhappy. Now, they brought back these garments. Everybody knows these are the top of the line. These have to be perfect. And who's, who's at fault? The manager. How could the manager have let these go? And so the customers are yelling. And the customer service doesn't know what to do. And they bring the manager in. And getting, she's getting yelled at, this manager. And she's taken aback. She's very upset. And she goes to the boss. You know... You told me that she's the best. She told me that she's the potential. What's going on over here? I'm going to yell that. And the boss says, I, I hear you, I hear you, but just trust me. Believe in her, trust me. And the manager says, it's not easy for her. She's going to yell that. So she, she holds on. And as time goes on, the, the niece, her potential does come out, and she becomes the seamstress of the year. She becomes the seamstress of the year. At the, at the award ceremony, the manager gets up and she starts to tell over the story of how this, of the, how this lady got the job. And she tells over how the boss told her to hire her. She's very good. She has potential. And I should trust in the boss and believe in the, in, the, in the worker. And at first it was hard for me. And not only that, I thought she was just going to make mistakes. I didn't realize I was going to get in trouble for her mistakes. I was going to get yelled at. And I knew she would make some mistakes, but I didn't realize the, the, the full ramifications of that. And I almost, I almost lost it. But then, I hold, I held on to my belief in her, like the boss said. And through believing in her, I learned a big lesson. I learned a big lesson. That belief, believing in somebody, means believing in them specifically in the hard times. Specifically when they're not so good. If they were good, I wouldn't have to believe in them. They'd be good. But when the boss told me, trust me, believe in her, I didn't realize what that meant. But now I do. Believing in, in her and this niece was believe in the potential and hold on, even if there's some hits along the road, even if I'm getting yelled at. That's part of the sugi of the moon. And so, if you understand the nimshal, so Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was told that HaKadosh Baruch was going to take the people out, and Parah's going to refuse, but don't worry, I'm going to send the Makas. So Moshe thought, yeah, right when Parah refuses, okay, so the Makas are just going to come down, destroy the, the palace, and we'll just walk out. That's what Kodesh Baruch Hu said. Moshe Bena didn't realize that Parah was going to say no, and give the people more work, and the people were going to get persecuted, and then Moshe's going to get yelled at. He didn't, he didn't realize this whole thing. He was, take, he was taken aback. He didn't, he didn't chap that. How was, he, how was he supposed to know? And the Kodesh Baruch Hu was telling him, Gula, Gula, is a process. Gula takes time. And Chazal tell us that the only reason why we got out of Mitzrayim, 
The only reason why we're going to get the future gula, the only reason why we get any real gula is through our amuna. And amuna means to believe, means to specifically believe when it's difficult. That's the level one amuna. When things are all good, that's not the highest level of amuna. Amuna is when things are not good and you still believe. That, that proves that you believe. When things are good, it might not be that you believe, it just you're getting good things. So yeah, it's easy. It's about waiting. It's about a process. It's about building emuna is specifically when things don't go one's way. Specifically when expectations are not met. That's, the, that's the, how you build the, the muscles of emuna. It's a very difficult thing. But if Kodesh Baruch had to show Moshe Rabbeinu, he had to teach Moshe and the, and the people this lesson. Because the only way they could get out of Mitzrayim was through that emuna. It's the only way. <clears throat> And what's with the Dao of Lashonos, though? The four Lashonos of Gula. Why now? Why not before? Why didn't Hashem say it to Moshe Rabbeinu by the snap? Because the four Lashonos of Gula, Hotseisi, Hitzaldi, Ga'alti, Lakachti, is Kodesh Baruch now has to show Moshe Rabbeinu. Gula is a process. It takes time. There's different levels. There's different Gula's. We'll, we'll speak about soon that the real process of Gula, Hotseisi, Hitzaldi, Hotseisi, you could say in different ways, but Hotseisi was, I'll take you out. I'll take you out of any work. No more work. But you'll still be in Mitzrayim. Hitzalti, I'll also take you out of Mitzrayim. But after we, after we left Mitzrayim, what happened? We still got chased by the Mitzrayim. We weren't free yet. Ga'alti, I'll redeem you. I'll kill all the Mitzrayim by Kriyas Yamsuf. But even then, we weren't done. Because we need Lakachti. Lakachti is, Hashem says, I'm going to take you as a nation. When we get, received the Torah, we became a nation. We, that was also part of the Gula. And then there's Vehevesi. Getting to Eretz which was the ultimate tachlis from the beginning. Geula, redemption, is a process broken down over time. Moshe Bini, you have to understand. This is why Hashem is saying it right now, because since he made that mistake, he needed to learn about this process. And you're going to be the leader of this, of this whole nation. You're going to be, have to be mechazik to people. That when it takes time, and guess what? There was 40 years in the desert. That's difficult. When Hashem said, you're going to be in the desert for 40 years... Who was the one to pick the people up? Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the leader. He's the only one who learned, not the only one, he's the one who really learned this lesson. A true Muna has to be built over time through difficulties. Waiting, waiting for something is a way of a Muna. Waiting. Patience, similar. Patience is called Savlanus. You could wait on a line Pick any line, whatever the, the most annoying long line you have, I don't know, whatever you could imagine. Now you, could, you have to wait in line. But there's a way to wait patiently and there's a way to wait impatiently. So waiting, it's a moon. It is what it is. That's what Kodesh decreed. That's how long the line is. I believe it. What am I going to do? Savlanus, patience, is now the way you act. The way you Conduct yourself and the way inside, how do you feel? Are you at ease or are you ruffled? That's called patience. And when you wait patiently, it sounds simple. When you wait patiently, what's that called? It's called bitachon. Right? If waiting is a muna, because you believe this is the line, Kaddish Baruch decided whenever it's going to come, whatever that is, it's going to come. I believe. But I might be impatient. I might want to. I might get upset. I might get hot under the collar. So you need patience. 
Patience is, is an inner calm. Right? Patience isn't where you're burning inside, but you look happy because then you're not being patient. There's two levels of patience. There's the external patience and there's the internal patience. When you get to waiting for things patiently, that's called bitachon. That's where you trust in a Kaddish Baruch. Because what trust means is that you believe and you believe so much that you're able to be calm. You trust that a Kaddish Baruch knows what he's doing. You trust that the situation is being run by him. You trust that he knows better than you know, which is a hard thing. That's very hard to trust someone, even a Kaddish Baruch He really knows what's better for me. If he knows what's good for me, he'd give it to me right now. And Hashem says, no. Sometimes you have to wait. There's a tzaisi, there's a tzalti, there's a ga'alti, there's a kachti, there's a process. And those who learn how to wait patiently, they become the strongest. Waiting patiently takes big muscles, inner muscles. And that's what builds a person even more. So it comes to Tu B'Shvat. What's, what's about Shvat? What is it about Shvat? So the Gemara says that at this point, Shvat, the first day of Shvat according to Beis Shammai and, and Tu B'Shvat according to Beis which we hold of, Rov Gishme Hashama. Most of the rainy season, which in Eretz Yisrael, based on Eretz Yisrael, starts by Sukkot time, right? Mashiv Aruach, that's we bench Geshem. Most of the rain, of the rainy season, is by Tu B'Shvat. At that point, the ground has been saturated with whatever water it's going to get for the year. The trees and the roots are saturated. It says Rashi and the Gemara that at that point there's a Elias HaSaraf, the sap, whatever exactly it means, I don't know science, but whatever it is that gives the koach of the branch to produce this fruit, it's a fascinating thing. You have a branch, look outside the branches right now, pick any fruit tree, it's, it looks like a dead piece of wood, and somehow in the spring, these flowers pop out of this hard stick, and then a fruit forms from this heart. Just go look outside. Unbelievable. The process that a Kaddish Baruch made from this hard, cold, willowy stick comes the most beautiful flowers and the most beautiful, tasty fruits. So at this point of the year, the sap is starting to rise up through the trunk to all the branches. Now, you don't see anything right now. Nothing. You can't see anything. It's happening on the inside. At this point, this is when is Tu B'Shvat, and this is when everything starts to change. Even though no fruit has even started, no flowers are blossoming yet. That's not until Nisan. Berchesilanus. Right? That's, that's Nisan time. So we have a little bit of time. This year we have two others. It's a long time from Tu B'Shvat until Nisan. But so what's it, te- what's, the te- what's it teaching us? What are we celebrating on, on Tu B'Shvat? We're celebrating the fact that we have a moon and we learn how to wait. We have a moon that we know it's coming. The sap is rising. It might take some time. We don't know how long it's going to take. So when it comes to trees, we do know a little bit. We know that it's starting now. We know that by Nissan it's going to come and it takes some time. We're celebrating the fact that we have a moon that we know how to wait. Like a tree. Because we're compared to a tree. Adam Ke'etz Asada, Pasuk in, in Devarim says, we're like a tree. So just like there's sap that rises and it takes time. And even at the coldest point of the year, it's the coldest. Today was like the coldest day. And we're starting Shvat. This is specifically the month where we're celebrating. There's no Tachan, it's a Yom Simcha. In the dead of the winter. Because if one has the amuna of waiting, 
one has the bitachon of waiting patiently, there is something to celebrate. There is something to celebrate. Because all of life, depending on how old you are, there's a lot of things you have to wait for. There's a lot of things you have to wait for. And so this, that's what Tuba Shvat is. Now, for those who may have worked on this sugi of Amuna before, if you have and you understand, I'm sure it could be explained better, and I'm sure it, it takes more time, but if you understand the sugi of Amuna, then you understand that every day that you wait, and it's hard, you're gaining stronger, you're building bigger muscles of Amuna. If you're waiting for something and you have a muna in it, you have a muna in a Kaddish Baruch that's going to come, so you're waiting and you're working your muna, and every day that it gets harder, every day that you're waiting, you're actually building more and more muna. Right? The second you get something, you can't have a muna in that anymore. You got it. So sometimes a Kaddish Baruch specifically holds back things because he wants us to build our muna. That's a Kaddish Baruch's plan. Part of the trust is that we trust him, that he knows what we can wait for and how long we can wait. So those who understand that Emuna is the most important thing in a Jew's life, above all else, Emuna is the most important thing. You can have a person who's, who's on his deathbed and he's saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad. Because at the, end of, at the end of the day, he's still it's Emuna. Because we believe that there's something past the goof. There is a neshama. There's more than this world. And therefore, but then if we're in this world, when we're living, emuna is the most important. But when you're waiting on a line, and it's a long line, it's a very, very, very long line. So sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard, and we're human. So you have to go take any line nowadays. What's everybody doing on the line? Take out their phone, and they're there with their phone. It used to be there was a time when they didn't have the phones. So they had to figure it out. Nowadays, you don't have to wait patiently anymore. You just play on your phone. Or they're schmoozing. So, is there something? Because I know my wife, sometimes she's thinking, it's hard to just wait. They need some practical. They need something. <clears throat> so, two, two very, very important lessons about waiting patiently. It's like we said before. Think about this for a minute. They're in Mitzrayim, and Hashem says, you're going to stop working, you're going to be taken out of Mitzrayim. You're going to go through Kriya Siyam. If you're going to receive the Torah, you're going to get to Eretz Yisrael. Now, those who learned the Nach, what happened when we got to Eretz Yisrael? We just settled it and built it right away. 14 years, we had to conquer Eretz Yisrael. 14 years before we could settle it. Tell me, how many people in Mitzrayim made it to the, to the end of the 14th year to settle in Eretz Yisrael? A few. Yoshua, maybe. Kalev, maybe Pinchas. It's not clear. So there was no, no Jew in Mitzrayim who heard these Lashonas of Geula and the Tachlis, the whole point of the Geula is to get to Eretz Yisrael and live there. Nobody there even got there. That's crazy, right? You ever think about that? It's a fascinating thing. So what would be if the Jews in Mitzrayim, all they thought about was, was getting to Eretz Yisrael? It would be hard. 
40 years in the desert. 40 years in the desert, they, 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 go, they go out of their caleb. They'll go crazy. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When are we going to get, get there? Right? Like the ki- kids. Tell the kids, look out the window. Enjoy the, enjoy the, you know, the, the scenery. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? If one only looks at that end goal, that ultimate gu'ula, then he's going to miss the journey. He's going to miss all the nice trees on the way. Right? The, what Kodesh Baruch was saying when he broke it down, is very similar to Dayenu. Every step of the way is a gu'ul. Every step of the way is a dayenu. Every little thing can be appreciated. But if a person only looking at that end goal, you really will miss the entire journey. And there's many amazing things in this world. There's many beautiful things. Even when we're waiting for that big thing. There's many beautiful days. Many beautiful sunny days that you can miss out. You have people run around going to work. I see these people running to the train every day. Running, running, running. I'm sure a lot of them are they're all amazing people and everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they miss the beautiful sunshine. When they get to the train and they start sweating, that's when they start to think about the sun or when they're freezing. They can miss out on, on, on the simplicities of life, the beautiful things, because they're just waiting. When is it going to be my turn? When is it going to be my turn? <clears throat> we don't want to miss. We don't want to miss out on life. You know, very simple marshal. You understand, but it's a very simple marshal. It's just, you know, you have a cousin. She calls you up and you haven't seen her in 10 years. You saw her when she was 10. Now she's 20. She says, I'm coming to America. Can you pick me up? And you say, yeah, sure. You remember this cousin when you were younger. You grew up with her, but then they made Aliyah at 10 years old. You loved her so much. You kept in touch a little bit. Haven't seen, you haven't seen her in 10 years. Before FaceTime, before Zoom, before... And she comes in. You're waiting by JFK, by that area where they all walk in. And one by one, they're walking, you're waiting, where is she, where is she, where is she? You remember, brown hair, curls, whatever, waiting, waiting, waiting. Nobody's there. She's like, okay, I guess maybe, I don't know, she's waiting for her bags, maybe there's passport control, something. And then some lady comes behind you and taps you, hey, Chana, why don't you come get me? You look at her, like, she has different color hair, she looks totally different. Because you had this vision of what you thought who she was, right? you haven't seen her in 10 years. And you thought, you knew exactly what it was, who she was. You missed her as she walked by. Sometimes our, our visions, our goals, although very normal and very natural, very important goals that we have, and they're goals that a Kodesh Baruch wants us to have. But if we pigeonhole and narrow ourselves only on that goal, you might miss all of your cousins walking by. You might miss all of those beautiful days and all that... All the goodness. See, the Yitzhar doesn't want you to appreciate. The Yitzhar says, no, 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 you can't be happy. You didn't get what you wanted. You didn't get your gu'ula. You didn't get your ultimate ruts and your ultimate desire. You can't be happy. And the Yitzhar wins a lot. A lot. It's a beautiful day. You don't want to get out of bed. Because you don't have that thing that you want. The Yitzhar says, yeah, you should stay in bed. You got, you got the low end of the, of the totem pole. Kodesh Baruch promised you he promised everybody and everybody else got, you didn't get. It's not easy. But we have to understand that if, if we're going to listen to that Yitzhahar, we're going to miss the beauty of life. There's so much. There's really so much. <clears throat> and there's, a, there's another There's another thing. There's another thing. Is that we, like I said, the Pasuk says, Adam eats a sadh. Right? A man, a woman, it's like eights, hasad, it's like a tree. 
tree is. There's a lot of parts to the tree. Right? Imagine a tree, big tree, big fruit tree, big branches, big leaves. All it cared about was its fruit. That's all it cared about. I just want my fruit because that's what made it feel confident. Or it's a fruit tree, so I need my fruits. I need my oranges, my apples, whatever it is. That's all it cared about. You know what it would miss out on? It would miss out on, on, on allowing humans to use its trunk for a hammock. It would maybe miss out on using its leaves and appreciating that it can give shade to things in this world, to people. If it's only focused on one goal, it misses its full expansion of what it could be used for. There's a, there's a story I once heard, and I'll change a little bit of it. At one time, there was a, we'll call him a chassid. There was a chassid who wanted, he heard about his boidiris, he heard about meditating in the fields, going to the fields and davening to Kodesh Baruch Hu. And he says, this is, this is, I have to do this. And he says, I'm going to go out. It's okay, even if I don't work, I'm going to trust. And he goes out into the field. And he stays there for a few hours and he builds up his stamina, davening and sitting there and thinking. And every time he'd get hungry, he would go back to the, the town and get some food, and eat, and then go back out. One day, as he was leaving the forest, he saw a, a crippled fox. A fox, two front legs, totally just broken, no way the fox could, could even move. Now, in the forest, with other animals, if you're a cripple, you're not going to make it. I mean, there were some wild animals there. He can't even get any food anywhere. There's no way. But as the chassid looked, he said, how is this fox so well-fed? Why does he look so healthy? How, is it, how, does, how does that make any sense? So, wasn't sure. He goes back to his davening, his meditation, and he hears the roar of a lion. And he gets very scared, and he climbs up a tree. And he watches to see what's going on over here. And he sees a lion comes, walks right up to the fox, and he's like, oh, now the fox is going to get it. And the lion bends down and puts a piece of meat from his mouth right in front of the fox. And the fox eats the meat. And the chasses. The, the lion, the fierce lion, is feeding a crippled fox. Eat the fox! And he sees again day after day. The fox is being fed by the lion. Unbelievable. And then the, and then the chasset says, Oh, this must be a message from Hashem, a divine message. If a crippled fox who can't move, who's small, can be fed by a lion and doesn't have to go anywhere, so why do I even have to go back to the town to eat? I could stay here and I could do my davening and my meditating and maybe a lion will come give me food. Food, food will come to me. He decides he's not living the forest. Day after day, he's sitting there, he's meditating, and he's hungry. And no lion's coming. Two days, three days, four days, five days. And now, it's, now he's getting sick. Now he's, he's really... You don't have food for a few... You know, can't last that long. And by day seven, he's, he's on the floor. He can barely move. And he's groaning and he's moaning. And there was an old and wise man who was walking through the forest... And he hears some groaning and he goes over. He says, a chassad lying on the floor. What's going on? Why, why are you over here? So he says, he's telling him what he's doing. He's meditating. And then he decided because he saw the fox, it's a, it's a divine message that just like the fox gets fed by the lion, I, oh, I don't have to go back for food. 
I could stay here. Isn't it a divine message? So the wise man, listen, the wise man said to him, yeah, of course it's a divine message. But why did you choose to be the crippled fox and not the generous lion? Right? How do you know which way you were supposed to go? You chose to stay on that path of the crippled fox that, that the world, that the lion should come feed you. Maybe Kodesh Baruch wants you to spread your wings. Maybe he wants you to be the generous lion. Go back to the town and help other people. How do you know? You might miss your potential. You might miss the other talents and abilities that you have to, to give over to others because you're so focused on that one goal. And that would be a loss. That would be a tremendous loss. If a tree only cared about its fruits, then we'd miss out on the shade, we'd miss out on, on, on sitting by the hammock, we'd miss out on doing a lot of things with the tree. The tree has a lot of good things. So Tubashvat, this is what Tubashvat is teaching us. It's to be like a tree. To be like an Eitzasada. Is that sometimes you have to wait for the fruits. Sometimes you have to wait for the fruits. But there's many other things that you can do while waiting for those fruits. You can appreciate the sunlight. You can appreciate the oxygen. The tree can appreciate the water. And the tree could also appreciate its potential, its abilities and how it can help. And maybe that's the divine message. The tree should be like a generous giving tree instead of a waiting and taking tree. Right? There was a book, The Giving. Was it The Giving Tree? Remember that book? It's one of the only books I ever read. It's one of the five books I only read. It's a very, very, very powerful book. And but those who know the book... I don't even remember it exactly, but it's about a tree that, that was always giving to um, was always giving to this boy. He would give it its fruits, and then he would give. And then when the fruits were gone, and the tree was getting old, and the boy was getting older, he would give his branches so he can. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember, or he can give the he can give the he can give the, the the trunk of the tree to build the boat, and the tree kept giving. What? Maybe it was made shade, right? He gives it a shade that was the branches, and he kept giving of himself. And at the end, the tree only had had a stump. And he felt bad that he couldn't, he had nothing to give. And, an old, and, and the boy, who became an old man, came and said, oh, a nice stump that I could sit down on. So the, the tree had almost nothing, everything was about giving, and he was able to give. So this is, this is Tubashat, this is the, the month of Shat, in the cold. When, when it's cold and it's bitter and it's, it's hard, it's hard times sometimes. But you have to know the sap is coming. And you have to wait with bitachin, you have to wait patiently. But while we're waiting patiently, while we're waiting for that gula, there's many gulas on the way. It's not just one big gula. There's many, many, many gulas. There's many things that one can appreciate on the way. <clears throat> and to go back to the words of the song, I'll read this. To go back to the words of the song, so the Gemara is talking about where there was Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak. Two Amarayim, they're talking and learning. And I think it was Rav Yitzchak who helped out Rav Nachman. And and Rav Nachman was, was so happy. And as Rav Yitzhak was leaving, Rav Nachman wanted to give him a bracha. He wanted to give him a bracha because he appreciated what he taught him. And he said, this is the Gemara, I'll read you the full Gemara. So Rav Nachman said, So when, so when Rav Nachman is standing over the bracha, he says, I want to tell you a mashal. And this is the, the lasha. He tells you a mashal. Elon, Elon, a person came. I'm sorry, I didn't quote the Gemara. There was a, he says a mashal like this. A person came in the forest, he was very, very thirsty, and he found a tree, and there, was, and, there was, um, and there was water, there was shade. He sat down by that tree, he got the shade, he drank the water, and he was very satisfied. And then this person wanted to give a bracha to the tree. 
So he says, Elon, Elon, how can I give you a bracha? Tree who helped me, how can I give you a bracha? If I tell you that your fruits should be sweet, your fruits are already sweet. I tasted your fruits. They're very, very sweet. So I'm not going to give you a bracha that your fruits are sweet. They're already sweet. I should tell you that your shade is, is nice. I sat in your shade. It's already nice. I don't need to give you a bracha for that. That there should be an amasamayim, there should be a little bit of a stream by your, by your tree to help you. There's already an amasamayim that I drink from. It's the sweetest water. You already have everything. Rather, what's the bracha? The bracha I give you is that all your saplings, all your baby trees should be just like you. And then Rav Nachman says to Rav Yitzchak, Af soti, Rav Yitzchak. How can I give you a bracha? In Torah, should I bless you that you should be a big Tamachachim? You're already a Tamachachim. Should I give you a bracha that you should be wealthy? You're already wealthy. Should I bless you that you should have children? You already have children. So what am I going to give you a bracha? That your children should be just like you. So what's this bracha? This is the bracha of continuation. It's the amuna of waiting, of continuing, of holding on, being able to give over your kochos, whatever they may be, to whoever could use them. A listening ear, a helping hand, to be the generous lion. So in this song you hear, he's singing these words, and it's a little bit of a, of a not dark, it's not the right word, but it's, it's a solemn, because the amuna of waiting is not the happy, clappy type amuna. It's not. There's time for that. And there's, in Ritzim there will be good times. But that amuna of waiting is, is hard, and it's, you have to hold on tight. So I think that's the sound that you hear in the Shvat. You hear the sound of Shvat with this, with this Lashon of Ilan Ilan. This is the Amuna of holding on, of waiting, of waiting for the Gula. Whatever Gula it is that Kaddish Baruch gives us, we should be open to all types of Gulas. The little and the Mirza the big one, with Mashiach Mehrimah.
Questions if anyone wants to ask. If I didn't understand anything, or... I just had a different take on some of it. Please. This is my perception <coughs> that Tupishvat comes out in the dead of winter, but it also holds the promise of what's to come. And that kind of, I guess, works with patience. You can be patient, but that's like a promise in the middle of all this darkness and cold. That kind of gives you the hope that tomorrow will be better. That that this is coming, and it kind of keeps you going through through the hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. That's promises have tach. That's bitachon. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. The hope, yeah, to keep it going through the winter. So, do you want to hear your mother's interpretation? <laughs> Let's keep it at the aim to listen. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So um, the song is very melancholy. And it, to me, it represents the ups and downs of life. We don't necessarily appreciate what we have when we have it. We're always looking to tomorrow instead of living in the present, which is very much close to what you were, had said. But I think that we just constantly miss. We're always like, while we're living here, we're thinking, wait a minute, tomorrow I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. But you're always doing that. Let's focus on the here and the now, the way the kids are, appreciate them. Ah, oh, but when they're in seventh grade, and ah, oh, when they get to college, and we're always pushing Oh, that. boy, and the older you get, the faster time flies. Yes. <laughs> so you need to slow it down. <laughs> yeah. I'm older than I look. <laughs> and anyway, the, the end of the table, want to give some interpretations? <laughs> I have a question. Sure. Um, first of all, thank you. Um, but, okay, so we're saying that, like, when someone waits patiently, it shows that they have amuna, but so I guess for like personal gula that I see that, but then when I think about like the overall gula, I sometimes I feel like the people who aren't patient, the people who are like really hoping that it's gonna come and like believing that it's really gonna come right now, are the ones like with more amuna that the sheikh is gonna come than the people like waiting patiently. Hmm. I don't know. There's 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 different types. There's different types of amuna. This person has a the, the person you're talking about has amuna. They have amuna. There's, there's no question, but 
And that's good. And everybody should has to choose their way. But very often the way I've seen things and the way I, I teach things is that a person who, who tries to hold on to that amuna every single day, it's going to come today, it's going to come today. How long can they do that for? How long? Can it, 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 sometimes it takes a toll on a person to try every day, every day, every day. And therefore, there's a, a, another, there's, amuna is a big sugya. To have the amuna that waiting patiently is also the Ratzon Hashem. Meaning, Mashiach is going to come and we hope for it every day, but we also know that he decides when it's going to come. That holds another type of amuna. So there's different types of people, and, and there could be a person, like you're describing, who that builds their amuna even more. Could be. Amuna, there's a lot. If they mean well, and they're, and they're, and they're believing in a Kodesh Baruch Hu, then that's, that's called amuna. This is one aspect. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you.